Welcome to the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session, where we talk about all things guitar related. My name is Dr. T, and I am not a licensed therapist, but I play one on a podcast. Today on the Tweed Couch, we are counseling on Nashville Guitar Safari 2021. I love guitar shops. I love hanging out with my kid. I love hanging out at guitar shops with my kid. Back in the last week of July, my 13-year-old cork sniffer, Owen, and I traveled to Nashville, Tennessee and visited six guitar shops in one day. We checked out the iconic stores of Gruens and Carter Vintage. We toured the more modern stores of Gibson Garage and Guitar Center. We looked outside the box and we made our way to Corner Music and Fanny's House of Music. But... What are these guitar stores like? Should you go? Are they able to create their own identity in a town filled with guitar shops? What is each store's niche? Is Guitar Center dead? Did we buy any new gear? And what is the difference between a mandolin and a mandola? Well, we will discuss this and more on this group therapy session with Owen on the Tweed Couch. Owen, we went on a guitar safari to Nashville, and I think the people need to know. Yes, they do. It was absolutely amazing. We went to six guitar shops. In one day. It's ridiculous. It was ridiculous. We got started early. We went. We didn't spend more than really an hour at any place, but then at the same time... We wanted to spend an hour at every place. <laughs> yeah, it was it was actually really cool. So let's start with the first one we went to, which when I was on tour with Echelon, I went to Gruen's Guitars. And it was in this old building and the floors creaked and it was a kind of a, a nasty little place. And when I went to Gruen's this time, evidently they've moved in the last 20 years. Who would have thought? And... They're in this place that is beautiful. So what did you think about Gruen's guitars? I thought Gruen's was super cool. The second I saw the building with the massive guitar on the side of it, it was just super cool to look at everything. Oh, yeah. Actually, you add on to that. It was that big old Martin guitar, but then there was also that mandolin. That was the Gibson mandolin. Yeah. Oh man, that that building was cool. Super impressive. You walk in, there's immediately like this little showcase. It had like t-shirts and concert posters and all sorts of stuff. And honestly, more than just the greeting of some vintage electric instruments and then this sea of acoustic instruments out behind it, there was also... People who greeted you really well, like Brian. Brian's a great example. Brian was amazing. Yeah, he was a good sales associate, and he wanted to know our name right away, and we told him, and it was it was really nice, you know? Kind of a cool place to, to go to where they, they remember who you are. Now, while we're walking around Gruen's, I'm going to remind you of a guitar that we saw right outside the bathroom. Oh, yeah. There was a neck on what? A toilet seat. Yeah, there was. <laughs> oh, that was so shocking. It I, was. It, was, it just took me by surprise. Because it's not even just a toilet seat. It's a toilet seat from like 
the 1970s. Yes. And it was painted with like an American flag. Oh, yeah. It was a patriotic pooping device. Like, yes, it was. Gosh. It was super cool. Yeah. The tone might be a little stinky, maybe a little crappy, but ultimately, porcelain, it plays. So that you was pretty fun. You can tell he's a dad. <laughs> yes, definitely the dad jokes are flowing. All right, but then we go walking around and the selection of used acoustics and new Martins and new Taylors. I mean, this was a really cool shop. I really dug the shop. I have only been to one other place except for Ruins that has had a, an acoustic guitar that was over $10,000. Yeah. And they they had a couple, and man, it was it was a cool place. Like I'm glad we got to go to Gruens, and I want to come back to Gruens. Like I want to I want to talk about Gruens again, but we got to talk about some other guitar shops first. Okay. Yes. So we went to Gruens. That was awesome. After we left Gruens, we actually headed over to Carter Vintage. Yes, we did. That shop was cool. That shop was really cool. Because it was like descending into their whole place that they kept their guitars was like walking into the basement. Yes. And it just blew me away because everything's right there. Everything. I mean, it's aisles and rows. I mean, yeah, it was like going through a really nice department store with racks of clothing. Yeah. And then when you had the rows, then you also had glass cases on the walls with with things like 40s martins and pre-war martins and even the sweet home alabama guitar yeah that was pretty cool to see the sweet home alabama guitar because you know i had already planned it out with you and i said okay they won't say no to a kid so if you happen to see a salesperson around and we're looking at it you got to say oh can i touch it or hey can i play it and they'll they won't say no to you but they might say no to me. And unfortunately, we didn't have somebody around us. They were actually pretty busy that day. Yes, they were. There were a lot of people there. Now, one of the cool things about that shop is Nashville is not necessarily free parking. But Carter Vintage had parking just for them that was free parking. It was really nice. Yeah. I actually liked that a lot. That was pretty cool that they would take care of the customers a little bit like that. And then when you go to walk in, the door handles to actually open the door were SG bodies. Yeah, they were. Yeah. It was super cool because it's just everything about that place. You knew it was a guitar shop before you even like, oh, went yeah. in. Well, and then on the wall, there was the Gibson logo of yes. a, on a headstock and then the big Carter vintage on the side. And yeah. But then you walk in, and I swear it's like the smallest little beginning room. It's like you walk in, and it was almost more of an entryway. And that's where they had pedals. Yeah, some pedals. And they had the the display cases with things like picks and um, slides and T-shirts and all of that kind of stuff. But then you walk past the counter. And that's where we get into what you're talking about, that basement feel where it's like you went down steps and all of a sudden you've got just rows of 70s fenders. Oh, yeah. You walk in and you immediately see these beat up Stratocasters. 
and it just gives you the the vintage feel. Oh, yeah. Well, everything was vintage about that place. If you remember, I was like, man, did you get your tetanus shot? Because these strings are dirty. Oh, yeah. Some of those look like those strings had not been changed since like the 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty rough. But ultimately, it was pretty cool to see all this stuff that was really within grasp. Oh, yeah. Things that would be in display cases in something like a guitar center in the middle of Dallas. That guitar was just sitting on the wall. Yeah, but there it's locked up in Dallas. Yeah. Yeah, but but at this place, at Carter Vintage, it's just sitting there on the wall. I mean, I remember I picked up like a 60s SG Junior, and I picked up a late 60s, early 70s Les Paul, and there was just stuff on the wall. It was no big deal. There's even like a Gretsch sitting up there. It was pretty awesome. Yep, and uh, I remember one of the coolest things was seeing, what was it? Uh, nine, uh, 1985 PRS. I think it was the first year. Oh, yeah. It was a pretty old one. I don't remember what year. It was either 85 or 86. Yeah, it was pretty old. And I, I was like, this is this is one of the beginning ones. This is amazing. There was also that 1996 artist or whatever. It was oh, green. Yeah. yeah. It was the, yeah, it was the emerald green. Oh, that was so cool because yeah, the one. quilt top looked like it was flaming. Mm. It was super yeah. cool. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. And then they had all these amps that were kind of put in a in a fun little arrangement and everything. And next to that were two double neck Moserites. Oh yeah. Which I have a little bit of a of a warm spot for those. Not because I like the way they play, not because I like the way they sound, but because that's what my dad played when I grew up. Yep, and that's what he still has. 15 pounds it. and all. Yeah, all 15 pounds. Man, that thing's heavy. But their selection was awesome. And I, I, I love the fact that they had so many really cool things, which also brings me over towards the acoustic section, which wasn't nearly as big, but their mandolin and mandola section was actually relatively large yeah it was kind of shocking and i usually only see one or two at every guitar center oh yeah i didn't even know what a mandola was before then (laughs) right well evidently i didn't either because i picked up this one i went gosh that looks like a, a little bit of a larger mandolin and i started playing mandolin on it you know which is you know chords the way that you usually play mandolin chords and i started playing it and I was like, gosh, this thing sounds so deep and it sounds so rich and so full. And man, I fell in love with it. And I went, I've never heard a mandolin sound like this. It's because it's not a mandolin. It's because it's a mandola. And gosh, it was it was extremely awesome. I'm I'm impressed. I, I need a mandola in my life. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do. Yep. I, I think that that's that's the take home from this. I need the mandola in my life. Yeah. Now, when we got done with Carter Vintage, we had to get some food, and we were inducted into something that we don't have here in Texas, and that is... Hugh Babies. Hugh Babies. I tell you what, that was worthwhile. If you're into fast food, and you're into pulled pork sandwich, or... Just uh, a regular beef burger. Yeah. They were relatively small, but at the same time... 
They were full of flavor. And I will tell you, that is the best $5 burger I have ever had. And interestingly enough, the pulled pork sandwich was like $3. Yes. And it was amazing. The pulled pork sandwich, it was like pork and then onion and then some kind of beef patty yeah type thing it was weird but it tasted so good yeah it was it was pretty awesome the fries were okay but the rest of it was just excellent fantastic yeah so then we left there and we went on to another little journey and we headed over to gibson garage yes gibson garage which we did have to pay for parking uh, yes. We ended up having to park on the street. In all honesty, the outside of it, very industrial. I mean, you can tell that this building, it was meant to be a department store. It was meant to be, you know. A warehouse. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of think of it as one of those like strip mall type things, but in downtown. So it's meant to be like a Melrose place, you know, a little more ritzy. But once you walk in. Then you see the conveyor belt. Then you see the meeting place mm-hmm. with the couches and the massive projector screen. Yes. And you you take it all in, and it's almost too much. It is. I mean, the big old Gibson sign that is all lit up and everything. I mean, that was the first thing we did was turn around, let's take a picture. And we took a picture, and then we went to the right. And to the right was the Murphy Lab. Yes, it was. And the Murphy Lab was pretty cool because there was somebody in there kind of showing people things and you get to pick your top if you want to and you can pick your colors and you can pick your neck shave and how relic you want it and they had examples of things and it was a cool place where if we wanted to that day, we could pick everything we wanted and then go spend nine grand on a Les Paul. Yes, we could have. But we're not going to spend nine grand on a Les Paul. Not right now, at least. <laughs> you still have that dream of, of the R9. I do. And actually, speaking of the R9, part of the reason why I like the R9 so much is because of the neck carve. I like the neck carve of an R9. I like the quality. I like the way the finish feels. I like the pickups. I like everything about an R9 except the price. But I was shocked when I went and I grabbed a brand new 2021 Gibson Les Paul with a 50s neck, how much I was reminded of the R9 neck shape. I think you liked it more. Because when you wrapped your fingers around that, the look on your face just went crazy. Yeah. Like your eyes opened up and you just, you looked in your happy place. I was in my happy place. I, you know, <laughs> that's that brings up an important point. I think it's time for me to go play another 2021 Gibson Les Paul and see if that really is the thing. See if that is the neck. Because if I can get away spending like $2,500 on a guitar instead of $6,500 on a guitar, I I think that might be the way to go. Yeah, it might be. Yeah. As we looked around there, of course, there's the gigantic conveyor belt of guitars. Which was pretty awesome. It was pretty impressive. But then we went back into the Epiphone room. Which was pretty cool. Lots of cool things. And then we passed by this old wall that had like stickers all over it. 
and the TVs, which are stickers that Mark Agnesi actually hand found, went on eBay, went places, and got. And those are stickers from the 90s, stickers from the 80s that he put on there. And then you go into the Kramer area. And the Kramer area was pretty cool, too. Yes, it was. It had walls made of those old cassette tapes. And they weren't any regular cassette tapes. It was all, like, albums from people that played Kramers, like Van Halen. Yeah. And people like Aerosmith. Yeah, and you had like Twisted Sister and you had Motley Crue. And yeah, it was really fun to see that type of place, which is interesting because if you take those tapes away, it's just kind of a crummy room with Kramers. Yes, it is. They did a really good job of decorating. Yeah. Like the feng shui was... The feng shui was really what brought that whole room oh, yeah. into your attention. Oh, yeah. It's what made that room relevant. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. And then, of course, there's other things in that place. You know, there was a, a room that was some exclusive Gibsons and, that were electrics. Then you went over to the acoustic area. Acoustic area was actually a, a decent selection of Gibson acoustics. Yeah, it was. There was a lot of cool ones. There was actually also... A couple of doves. Yeah. That were Epiphone, but they were the Dove Pro. Yeah, one was like the the higher master built style, and the other was the normal Pro version. So it was like the $700 one versus like the $400 one. And, you know, honestly, I think we liked the $400 one better. Yeah, it w- just sounded a little bit more natural. Yeah. Which was kind of interesting for it being so laminate and everything. But yeah, it was, it was a really cool place. Interestingly enough, we did not leave with any guitars. I'm still shocked to this day. Yeah. Yeah, instead I left with a mug and a patch. But, you know, my wife's happy. Take what we can get. We'll take what we can get. Yeah. And then when we left there, we actually headed to some place that was a little more normal. Because the last time that we went on a guitar safari in a different state, we ended up going to Arizona and going to the saddest guitar centers I've ever seen in my life. Yep, it was sad. We thought that Guitar Center was dead. Yeah, we, we knew it was dead. We were mourning it. We were mourning it. Yeah, we marked it on the calendar. I wore all black. I put on a veil. We had a little memorial service. It was, it was sad. We walked out, and we got into the car, and the first thing you said was, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry for that guitar center. Yeah. I, I apologized to the world and my family for Guitar Center's actions in Arizona. Both of them. But yeah. when we went to Nashville, we found out that Guitar Center is not dead. Guitar Center's live. Alive and thriving in Nashville. Oh, yeah. Because that place was cool. Like, even the outside of it had, like, these cut-out guitars that were made of wood that were, like, Strat or, or Martin or Gibson or Banjo or whatever shaped. And it was, it was pretty cool to, to see those things. And then you go in, and there's lots of selections. And actually, their Platinum Room was pretty on point. Their Platinum Room had some of the coolest custom shop fenders I have ever seen. Oh, yeah. Some of them were relict. 
Some of them were like that journey relic where they look pretty much clean. Some of them were those like multi-tone where, okay, it's a blue on the outside, but that's because underneath it was like a sparkle red, but then underneath that was the white primer. And, you know, and it, yeah. it was all these cool things. There were so many cool things. And the thing that stood out to me the most was the private stock purple PRS. Yes. Which that was when I really realized Guitar Center is not dead. Yeah. Because that guitar was amazing. Is that your phone vibrating? Yes. <sighs> 13 year olds. Five okay. Minutes. Got it. Go ahead. We're going to take a break for our sponsor. All right. If you are looking for a way to help support the Tweed Couch and it costs no money to you, then check out our YouTube channel and become a subscriber. Also, you can tell someone about the podcast and share an episode with them. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. Let's hear from our sponsor. Are you looking for a party with a purpose? If you love music, family friendly, and camping, then you need to come to LifeFest. In July of 2022, they will have two festivals once again. One at the Sunnyview Fairgrounds in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and the other at the Johnny Cash Hideaway Farm in Bonagua, Tennessee. I'll see you there. Let's hear from another sponsor. Since 2003, the Crestman Guitar Company has been repairing stringed instruments and building custom guitars and basses. In 2021, Kretzmann started production of a solid body electric guitar with the goal of providing affordable, awesome looking and sounding guitars that anyone, student to expert, would be proud to play and own. Be sure to check them out at KretzmannGuitars.com. That's K-R-E-T-Z-M-A-N-N guitars.com okay now that we're back there was one other thing that was crazy weird and impressive and that was over in the acoustic room we found the the garth Garth brooks signature guitar and that garth brooks signature guitar you looked at appalled i saw the cutout and I was shocked that anybody could ever even think about putting that on a guitar. You looked offended. Offended for all guitars in the world. Yeah. But then we picked it up and we played it and it sounded great. It sounded amazing. Actually, it sounds awesome. I actually want one now. And that's terrible because it it's an abomination. But at the same time, it sounded awesome. Played great. Oh, it was really cool. And it's really, really unique. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, we finally ended up leaving there. And when we left there, we decided to head out to Fanny's House of Music, which is a girl power shop. I mean, that's really the best way to put it. It's all about girl powers, about women in music. And they celebrated it and everything. This is an old house that they converted into a guitar shop. Yep. They honored that old house with a bunch of old acoustics. (laughs) Yes. Actually, their acoustic room, it was not impressive in the senses of, oh, look at this $3,000 guitar. Oh, look at this high-end Martin or... This Taylor. Yeah. Instead, they kind of specialize in rescuing guitars. 
Yeah, they do. It's it's weird. It's like those old catalog guitars, Montgomery Ward guitars and and Sears and Roebucks and and you know, actually there was somebody there when we were getting ready to leave who had bought an 1880s Washburn acoustic. And the way he was playing it and the way it sounded just sounded really different yeah. than newer guitars. Yeah, I did. And I was I was incredibly impressed, not with just the fact that they're like trying to revive and and keep these guitars going from the early 1900s, late 1800s, but when that guy bought that Washburn, the salesperson actually went over and like wished the guitar well and like, you know, like patted it and said, "You you go play good music." It was like letting one of their children go. Yes, it was. They were very attached. Yeah, it was pretty cool to have a guitar shop like that. So far, in all the guitar shops we went to in Nashville, they all really did go that direction of, I'm invested in not just the shop, but I'm invested in the actual guitar itself. I think it's worth mentioning that I went ahead and sent Lynn Stone King to this shop in Nashville, which this is the artist that I generally go play with. And I also sent Beth, which Beth Dorsing is somebody who has been on the podcast and has talked to us about strats and tellies and all that kind of stuff. And I sent both those ladies to Fanny's House of Music. And the reason why is because these ladies need to be encouraged in guitar. And I understand some people may be like, oh, boy versus girl and why do you have to make a big deal it's not about making a big deal it's just about encouraging a guitar player and these ladies need to be encouraged and so Lynn and Beth I said you have got to go there and they went and they had a blast and they loved the place and actually Lynn ended up recording a song and Beth played along it was pretty awesome and I was glad that I was able to direct them towards a place that really spoke to them. And that's something pretty awesome about Nashville, is that there is a place that will speak to any type of musician. I, I just want to say that. that. That's pretty cool. Yes, it is. Now, before we get to our very last one, I want to go back to Gruen's real quick, because that's what we did. We went back to Gruen's. And when we went back there, it was fun to walk in the door and have the sales associate Brian right when we walk in the door. Granted, we haven't been there now for five hours. At and, least. Yeah, and all of a sudden, Brian goes, Stephen, Owen, You're welcome back. back. Yeah, I'll tell you what, that right there, we didn't buy anything. We just looked around. He asked our name at the beginning of when we walked in, and five to six hours later, still remembers it. And, and and treated us like he was so excited to see us. Yes. And you said afterward that when he said that, in your mind, you went, what can we buy? Yeah. Let me buy something. Yeah. And, and we did. We left with a t-shirt and we left with a, a pick. It was a special wooden pick that had Gruen's guitars for your brother because he didn't go with us. You know, it was it was a cool place. Like, that was great. Yes, it was. It was really fun to be there. Now, the last place that we're going to mention, because you do actually have some place you need to go to, and I want to be mindful of that, is we went to 
Corner Music. Yeah. Corner Music was one of those guitar shops that doesn't stand out, but when you go in, there's a lot there. Yes. Well, it's a huge building. And because it's a huge building, you go, man, I don't know if there's a lot here. But as you're walking, you realize there's a lot there. There is. There was a lot of really cool fenders. And then when you got to the end of that wall, there was a quote-unquote platinum room. Yeah. It had the slash Gibson Les Paul. It had an R9. It had a Paisley. Yes, it had some really cool guitars that were really fun to play. Yeah, they were. And they just let us plug them in and play them loud. Yeah, it was really cool. And their bass selection looked good, and their little trinkets like uh, t-shirts and stuff like that, there was a lot of cool things with that. But then you went into the acoustic room, and it was jammed, packed with guitars. Oh, yeah. There were some really classic guitars, like Taylor's and Mm -hmm. Martin's. Mm -hmm. Then there were some cooler guitars, like the PRS with the turquoise back. Yeah. And that was cool. And then there's the flat out, what were they thinking? Thank you for that idea. Yeah. Like the carbon fiber McPherson. Yeah, the McPherson. That thing was super cool. And I was shocked. Like, I saw it. You saw it. And you said, look at that little guitar. Because they had, it was like a three-quarter sized McPherson. Yeah. And I picked it up and I started playing and I went, wow. And then I grabbed the big one. Yeah. And I started playing it. And who would have ever thought that making a guitar out of carbon fiber would have been a really, really good idea. Uh, yeah, especially an acoustic guitar where they need certain resonance and everything. Yeah. I was I was pretty pretty shocked. So that was that was definitely a really great guitar shop to go to. And I I I'll go back again. Now with all of that said, to kind of bring things to a close, I will say that the next time we go to Nashville We are definitely going to have to carve out time a day once again to go on a guitar safari. Yep, because I'm sure there are at least 10 other guitar shops that we didn't go to Mm -hmm. that are fantastic. Oh, yeah. And actually, when I go online to look for guitars and do all that, I actually go to those shops and look online first. To see if there is anything. Because I, I was impressed. Nashville, you are Music City. Yes, and you, you are. Guitar Music City. Oh, yeah. Nashville, you are doing a great job with everything you're doing with guitar shops. I, I, wish, I wish that Dallas was like that. Well, actually, we're not doing too bad. Maybe we're going to have to do a, a, a guitar safari for us. Because there's Tone Shop in Addison. Now there's one over in South Lake. We have like five guitar centers in this area. We've got Sam Ash. We have Guitar Sanctuary. There is a lot of guitar shops. So maybe we need to go on a guitar safari here in in Texas some. That'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Well, thanks for joining me, Owen. I appreciate it. Yep. It's always fun to be on the couch. Yeah, it is. 
Well, that concludes our time of the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy session. If you like what you heard, leave five stars in a review. Also, don't forget to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Tweed Couch. Until next time. <laughs>